You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of a Bruce exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me, your eccentric, reclusive neighbor of Bill's Mafia. It's Friday, which means we are ever so slightly closer. It's creeping closer to the week two game against the Miami Dolphins. In Miami, where there will be actual physical people in the stadium. And I really wonder how many of them will be Bill's Mafia. I really do. It will be fascinating to see what percentage of that stadium is Bill's Mafia. But as we always do on the Friday episode of the Bruce Exclusive, we are going to do two things today. We are going to go through your almighty takes for the week. And I will put them in the bucket as highly probable, somewhat probable, somewhat improbable, or highly improbable. And then we will go through my outline on some things that I think the Bills should do to attack the Miami Dolphins in this game. Now, I'm not sure if you've been on social media or Twitter, but one of the things that has happened that has been interesting this week, as opposed to most game weeks, is that I did not have access to the all 22 coaches film that I historically do before I record, which is odd for me because what it means is I can't really give you the takes I want to give you about specifically secondary play because I can't see them 50 to 60% of the time. And so I can only really give you opinions on Stefan Diggs or Tredavious White when they are at the catch point in the camera angle. And that's not good enough for me. So I actually had to cut a significant part of my podcast yesterday. That's right. It could have been even longer because I didn't want to say crap that ended up not being true once I had a chance to look at that. The all-22 footage is markedly delayed this week. At the time of this recording is 8.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday evening. This is the Friday show. And as of right now, it's still not up. 
it's usually up by Tuesday evening. So I came home on Tuesday ready to do film work and it wasn't up. And I waited for a little bit and I started panicking and I said, you know what? Heck with it. I watched the condensed version of the game a couple times, focusing on different position groups. Then I watched the Miami game, try to get prepared. But I'm not going to make as many comments as I usually would about secondary play and wide receivers because I don't want to sound like I'm talking out of my rear end. I know, weird, but responsible narrative and stuff. It's kind of important. So we are going to dive in to your almighty takes for this week. Let's do this thing. Let's start right off the top with Tyrone. His almighty take is that if needed, hopefully not, Dodson and Klein will perform well enough if Edmonds and Milano can't go. Not great, but good enough not to be a liability. The bonus take is that one of them will end up with a turnover. Well, hopefully this won't be necessary. Hopefully this will be a non-applicable almighty take because both Edmonds and Milano will be able to go. But if they're not, I am not an AJ Klein guy. I was not super high on him when we signed him. I think he's a liability in coverage. And I am worried greatly about AJ Klein matching up against someone like Mike Giusecki in coverage. So I was going to say that even if this became applicable and Edmonds and Mulatto can't go, I'm going to say somewhat unlikely because I do like Tyrell Dodson. I think there's something there. Justin says, his almighty take is despite the win, the Bills look like an above average team at best. This is a bad Jets team, and we could not find any success in the red zone, which was a strength of this team last year. Got to give Bass some more time and hope it works itself out. So, his almighty take was that the Bills look like an above average team at best. I think that's true for last week. I think the Bills did look like an above average team. The thing that I will push back on is an above average team at best. At best when? At best last week? At best Moving forward, we talked about yesterday on the pod that the quality of a win will help you predict the future more so than the win itself. And I think with the first game being notably sloppier for everybody because of not having live action, I think I can accept above average with the idea that a team can improve over the course of the year. So... I can't really give this a probability rating. So I'm just going to say I'm okay with above average for week one against the New York Jets. Mark says, here's an almighty take. Josh Allen runs for more yards next week than he did week one. And the Bills surpassed 200 yards on the ground against Miami. I think Josh running for more yards next week, this upcoming week, than he did in week one is highly probable. The Dolphins, I expect to run more man coverage. They very well may spy Josh, but we've established already that spying Josh Allen doesn't always help. They tried that with Tico Alonso. That worked out less than great. So having the amount of man coverage is going to open Josh Allen up to more scrambles. I think it's a very reasonable possibility. He runs for more yards in week two than he did in week one. 200 yards on the ground is a lot. I don't think it's insane based on the way that 
the Patriots played the Dolphins last year. I'm going to say this is somewhat probable. Perks says, Almighty take for week two. Josh Allen will have another game of 375 total yards, and Gabe Davis will have a touchdown of 50-plus yards. I don't know if Gabe Davis will get the snaps to get a touchdown of 50-plus yards, but having 375 total yards, that's that's a lot. I mean, 350 was, was pushing it for me. I am going to say somewhat improbable for this one. I think there's a chance that Josh Allen gets me in the mid-twos, and then 60 to 70 yards rushing on top of that. So maybe the low 300s. And I think that Gabe Davis getting a touchdown of 50 plus yards would necessitate us rolling out a lot more 10. I was shocked we ran as much 10 personnel as we did week one. Ironically enough, someone last week had an almighty take that we would run a lot of 10 personnel. They were right. We did run more than we do typically. But given the fact that Brian Dable is a very game plan specific sort of an offensive coordinator. I think we may see a drastically different looking offense from a personnel grouping. I don't know. We'll see. That might just be who we are now. But early on in the year, you wonder if we're going to match up and maybe go a little bit heavier the way the Patriots did when they found success against Miami, specifically running the ball. Patch says his almighty take is the Bills base defense is 4-2 nickel. One of their sub packages is the traditional 4-3. The hiring of a nickel coach and the individual talent characteristics reinforce this take. That's been true for a while. This is highly probable. I, I can't even go higher than highly probable. This is a fact. You didn't even give me a take. You gave me a fact, Patch. The Bills' base defense is 4-2 nickel. The Bills did not run a single play with three linebackers on the field against the New York Jets. Not one. 4-3 is a very specialist sort of a thing for them. Nickel is base. Alan Decino says, hot take, Bills, Dolphins, Josh won't fumble this week. We find our running game. Diggs gets his first touchdown. Fitzmagic plays amazing but falls short as Allen leads another fourth quarter comeback win. Okay, a lot of things. A lot of things to digest there. Josh won't fumble this week. I'll take you that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I'm on board with Josh won't fumble this week. I think it'll be a point of emphasis for him going into this game and things have a tendency to regress to the mean. We find our running game. Don't think that's improbable at all. The Jets defense is extremely good against the run. Miami, not as good. Diggs gets his first touchdown again, completely reasonable. When you have eight catches in a week, you're probably going to get another nine to 11 targets from Diggs. Having one touchdown every 22 to 19 targets is reasonable. Fitzmagic plays amazing but falls short. Fitzpatrick has historically played pretty well against the Sean McDermott defense. I think if Milano and Edmonds are healthy, we have the people up front to get pressure on him with four and be able to play coverage on the back end. So I don't know if he's going to play amazing. And Allen leading a fourth quarter comeback would imply that we were behind in the fourth quarter. I think we're going to win this game. So part of this take I'm with and part of it I'm not. Overall, I'm going to say somewhat probable. Drew says, at Bruce Exclusive, at camp, while nobody was allowed to watch, the Bills figured out how to execute screen passes. They'll gain 50 yards off screens this week against the Fish and in several other games this season. That is kind of funny. Coming out when nobody was watching, under the darkness of night. I just sounded like a movie announcer there. Let me give that one a shot. In a time 
of a pandemic and global panic, there was a team who decided to learn how to run a screen pass, starring Josh Allen, Brian Dable, and Sean McDermott as The Clapping Man. Bills 2020 rated R. Yeah, yeah, I could go with that. I already said I was the eccentric, reclusive neighbor of Bill's Mafia, so when I do weird stuff like that, I have an out. It's just the way it is. I am legitimately considering doing a fully musical episode of the Bruce Exclusive at some point because I'm a weirdo, and that's what weirdos do. So, back to the take. I agree with you. I think there's a very reasonable chance that the Bills worked on this Because the media wasn't allowed to report on specific things, we didn't know that that was a big part of what they were working on. So I do think that screen passes are going to be a part of this, making the average distance of target for Josh Allen go down. We've established those two things are correlative, average distance of target and completion percentage. So if you get a lot of easy throws, some bubble screens, some delayed screens, tight end screens... If you get some of these things going and you kind of chalk up some easy throws for Allen, the average distance of target drops down, which is correlative with the completion percentage going up. That's part of this. So I'm on board. Highly probable. Allen Dayan, I had two Allens, so two different last names. I couldn't even do Allen D. They both had D last names. Said the Bills are rushing for 200 yards against Miami. I think that's somewhat probable because I think that Dable's going to have a completely different game plan this week. And with Allen running as much as he does, you know, Allen picking up 70 or 80 yards on the ground is not improbable against the Dolphins. He does it a lot against the Dolphins. So when that happens, it's a lot easier for the team to rush for 200 yards in total. I mean, if Allen gets 70 and then each Singletary and Moss get 65, you're there. And that's not including anything with McKenzie. Now, I am aware that some of what they do with McKenzie counts as a pass because it's forward. But I don't think it's crazy for the Bills to rush for 200 yards against Miami. And he says, well, a little light on the touchdowns and heavy on the fumbles and no pick six, but I think I need to up the ante for my almighty take parlay for next week. A shootout between Shortsman and Fitzmagic Trey White has a career day. The Shortsman, I like, as a nickname for Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the Shortsman. A shootout. I sure hope not. I sure hope this Bills defense is good enough to not get in a shootout with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Trey White having a career day is a chance. There's a chance there. Because Fitzpatrick is going to give his wide receivers opportunities to make plays at the catch point. Devontae Parker had a career year last year in large part due to Fitzpatrick being willing to allow him to make contested catches at the point of attack. So I don't think it's improbable that Trey White has a career day. In fact, I think that's somewhat probable. But the shootout between Schwartzman and Fitzmagic requires that Fitzmagic perform really well. I don't want to see it, but I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I'm going to go with somewhat probable on this one. Sam says he's all in on Fitz to go down and Tua for throw for 350 yards on our secondary. Well, Sam, what? Come on, Sam. I'll give this highly improbable because a lot of things have to go down, have to happen. 
Fitzpatrick would have to go down early enough in the game for Tua to come in and throw for 350. Fitzpatrick very rarely gets hurt. Tua will be brand new against the defense he didn't necessarily prepare for. I'm going to say highly improbable for this one. We are going to take a quick break because we are out of almighty takes. We are going to come back and we're going to see what the team needs to do this week to make sure they crumble the cookies of the Miami Dolphins. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. We have done the almighty takes for this week. We have put them in the appropriate probability buckets based on what we think might happen this week. And now we're going to what I think should happen this week, specifically how the Bills should attack the Miami Dolphins. As a reminder, this section of the podcast is in written form on buffalorumblings.com in the event that I talk too fast or you want to revisit it for some fun. The first point for me for game planning this week is give Cody Ford some help on Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins played really well against the Patriots, and the Patriots have a very, very good interior offensive line. If you remember correctly, the OG Bruce fans know that I was of the opinion that Christian Wilkins was going to be the Bills pick in the 2019 first round of the NFL draft because I didn't think Ed Oliver was going to be on the board and I thought Christian Wilkins was worth that pick. I thought very highly of him coming out. He played really well week one against a really good interior offensive line for the New England Patriots. Cody Ford is still learning the guard position. I know the Bills love to go empty, and Josh Allen's running ability allows them to do that. But you can't go, you can't go play action unless you do that little Tebow fake with your quarterback shoulders as if he's going to do the draw, and that's a form of play action. You can't do a play action unless you do it that way from empty. And we know play action has helped Josh Allen. So let's leave a running back in the backfield Allow him to get some help on Christian Wilkins. The edge rushers for the Miami Dolphins don't scare me super well, but Christian Wilkins on Cody Ford has a potential to ruin some plays. The second thing is that coverage is always better than pass rush. We've established this earlier. Joe Marino from the Locked On Bills podcast and the Ed Draft Network had an entire debate pod, a pod series on debating coverage versus pass rush. And I will defend to the death the fact that I won that war. But in this specific game, coverage is far more important than blitzing. Not more important than pass rush, but more important than blitzing. Ryan Fitzpatrick has always been a feast and famine quarterback against the blitz. It's been that way his whole career. It wasn't any different than that when he was on the Bills. However, we know that when Ryan Fitzpatrick is in a Changeli offense, his back foot hits and the ball comes out. His time to throw in week one was 2.57 seconds, which was one of the lowest in the league. For reference, ESPN has a metric called pass rush win rate. Say that five times fast. Pass rush win rate. Pass rush rush win rate. And it considers a win when a defensive player is able to beat his block in less than two and a half seconds. Which means even by that definition of a win, you have 0.07 seconds to get there if you win right at 2.5 seconds. Fitz is hard to sack. He made a below average, 
Buffalo offensive line look better because the ball came out. It's the same thing in the same offense. The best way to allow the pressure to get there is to give him a little nudge to hold the ball. Maybe inspire him to hold the ball. By being physical with his receivers and playing more in coverage to force him toward his secondary and tertiary targets. The third thing the Bills should do, in my opinion, is they should play it cool up front. Well, hold on a second, Bruce. Miami has new starters on the offensive line. New York has new starters on the offensive line. You said we should blitz and run games up up front against the Jets. I did. But you have to take into consideration the offensive scheme. Chan Gailey's offensive scheme is based on spreading you out horizontally and then running directly at you with power. If you run a bunch of games, you're going to open up artificial run lanes and spots for middle screens, which Chan Gailey liked to run. Middle screens, tunnel screens, power running, all that stuff becomes more effective if you artificially are running games up front and opening up gaps. I don't need any more assistance. Changeli is excellent at manufacturing offense as it is. I don't need to help him out by doing that. We have compression rushers on the edge like Trent Murphy and Mario Addison who will help us be able to press the pocket on Fitz, get him moving horizontally to try to escape and throwing on the run against a secondary once we make him hold the ball. The last thing that I want to talk about as far as game planning coaching points is you should be prepared as an offense for lots of man coverage. That is what the Miami Dolphins defense wants to do. That's why they went out and they got Myron Jones. That's why they went out and they got Noah Ibnogany. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Noah Ibnogany, that's a good trio. Eric Rowe at safety to match up with your tight ends. That's an impressive group to play man across the board. Now, we know that man coverage opens things up for the quarterback run game. So I'm sorry to say that you might have to get used to seeing it one more week, at least. In addition, the Miami Dolphins really struggle against it, specifically from heavier formations, against the New England Patriots. Cam Newton had himself a day. A lot of it was running the ball with quarterback power and with zone read, which is funny because they have Shaq Lawson now in Miami and Shaq Lawson played exceptionally well against the zone read. So much so that we were wondering this offseason if an AFC North team would go get Shaq Lawson because they have to play against Lamar Jackson twice. So I'm shocked they struggled against the zone read as much as they did given Shaq Lawson's propensity to do well there. But they did. Quarterback power, zone read, gave them a lot of trouble. Get used to seeing it again. In addition, you went and prepared for this. You prepared this offseason for single high looks with a safety in the box, with them to bring pressure, play man on the outside, This cover one, cover zero that Josh Allen saw a lot of last year, you prepared for it by getting Stephon Diggs. It's time for your best man beaters. Whether that's mesh, whether that's utilizing stacks, 
whether that's connecting on a deep ball, which we didn't see from Josh Allen week one, those things that the Bills invested resources and time in this offseason to beat this specific thing, it's time for that payoff. Josh Allen, it's time for the payoff on your deep ball trajectory work. It's time for the payoff for going out and getting Stephon Diggs to beat man coverage. It's time for that payoff. Expect man coverage. If you can't beat it with your arm, because the things you invested in this offseason don't turn out the way you wanted them to, then you're going to have to beat it with your legs. Let's get the rush game going. That includes quarterback power. And if we do all those things, or some of them, to success, I feel confident we'll be able to say to the Miami Dolphins at the end of Sunday, well, folks, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumbles. <laughs>